The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Got Matt Damon with us, Matt. The Matt Damon on the show with us. Matt, welcome. Hey, Jeff. It's great to be here as always. It's great to have you on, Matt. We always love having you on. Now, this is the Matt Damon that uh, your claim to fame is that you, uh, you've you got a variety of claims to fame. But as, <laughs> as it relates right. to the relevancy of this show... The claim to fame is that you had a product, you you got it on to Amazon, you were selling on Amazon with That's this right. product and a lot of other elements of success associated with the project. But Matt, today we're going to talk about how to properly get positioned to be online, to sell a product on a marketplace platform like an Amazon, the things you need to do, the steps you need to take, the things you need to be aware of and so on. No, Jeff, it's great to be here. And I, I think this is an exciting topic for anybody, almost anyone starting a product business. The first question you're going to get is, is it on Amazon? Exactly. And, and that has changed, you know, what, what does that mean over the last several years? So we've got, we've got a couple of great guests and I, I think it's going to be some exciting information and uh, relevant information for anybody thinking about, Hey, I've got a product or I'm inventing something. And you know, where's the first place you go to sell it, right? right. Website, Amazon, and, and what do you need to know? Right. You know, and it used to be that selling on these marketplace platforms, Amazon and others, it was supplemental. Right. Now you can run an entire business off of just, right? I mean, that's it. Oh, you don't completely. need anything else. Yeah. There's just Amazon businesses. And then yeah. think about the consumer expectations, right? It used to be, you know, that was kind of the second place you'd look, oh, I got to go online and go to Amazon. Now right. it's right. people have, you know, boxes regularly showing up, you know, on their front porch or in their garage every day. It's the way business is done these days. It's the everything store, right? Yeah. I mean, 49% of all e-commerce, I think now, and about to become the biggest retailer in the world. Yeah. And uh, one of the largest uh, search engines. I and think one of the largest. I think they overtook yeah. Google for product searches, you know, right. if you're looking for something. Right. So it's powerful. All right. So Matt, we're going to talk to an entrepreneur to kick the show off that has an important relationship with Amazon, doing a lot of business with Amazon. We're going to hear all about it. You actually know Derek. I'll introduce him in a second, but you know Derek and uh, what he does and why you thought he'd be a really interesting guest. We'll get to that in a second. But first, let's bring him on. We've got uh, Derek Gaskins on Startup Nation Radio. You're an Amazon guy, right? I mean, now, largely? I guess so, yeah. I kind of fell into it, but yeah. Well, I'm an, I'm an Amazon guru, so to speak. An Amazon guru doing business. Matt, you had a vision for why you thought Derek would be an interesting guest. Let's have you uh, tee That's it up right, for Jeff. us. That's right, Jeff. I've known Derek for, for a while now. What I thought is so interesting with Derek's story is he's in a third generation business, family business. His father had brick and mortar stores in the medical supply space. And when Derek came along and, and was uh, coming out of high school and then into college, he had the vision for where to take this business, you know, 20 plus years ago. And he can talk about that, but he really transformed the family business, brought the products they were selling online and has now, you know, so he was on the forefront, I think, you know, of Amazon selling. Um, has really seen how Amazon's evolved as a platform. Yeah. He has seen how products and brands have evolved. And I think there's a lot that our listeners can learn from in terms of, you know, how do you sell on Amazon? What do you look for? That's great. And then what made him successful? And he's probably had a bunch of things he's learned along the way. So all right, right on. Derek, no pressure, but we want to we want to <laughs> cover all that and, and more. Right. Uh, and more. No, we're thrilled to have you on the air. You know, and Amazon is guys, Amazon is you can't have a conversation about business today, uh, certainly retail certainly small business even, without talking about Amazon, either friend or foe, however you may look at it, depending on uh, what the circumstances are. But Derek, for, for you, it's been friend. Tell us what you're doing with Amazon. Yeah, it's been, it's been certainly been all of the above. Thank you, Matt, for the intro. And thank you, Jeff, for, for having me here. It's great to have um, you. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, the ride's been interesting. It all started with uh, literally eBay, like throwing some of the medical stuff that Matt mentioned earlier on eBay and that worked. And then I launched some websites. Then we acquired a company that had an Amazon presence. And this was like 2008. So 
what is Amazon? I don't know. It was, it was right. very new at the time. I mean, right. it was, it was still, I mean, everybody knew what it was, but it was still, I think primarily a bookseller and whatever yeah. else, but we started throwing product on there and it, and it took off. So here we are 13 years later, a, a really yeah. active Amazon retailer. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand this, but you, you know, if you're an inventor, Matt, you got walkie chalk onto Amazon, but you can also, you know, in essence, have your store on Amazon, right? I mean, you, you know, you can sell through Amazon and you can have a presence there. You can be a small business selling on Amazon. Tell us just how all that works. It used to be that Amazon was the addition, right? It was, well, how, how did we go to market, right? Well, we go to market in brick and mortar and then, oh boy, I guess we need a website. Right, and it's then, supplemental. Oh, we've got to yeah, put something right. on Amazon. Right. And now, if you want to get any traction at all, it's Amazon first, right? So that is the <laughs> Or approach. maybe even Amazon only. It, it very well. I mean, <laughs> right. in many cases, it is, it is right. Amazon only. Right. And you're right. There is, it's, it's, it's a store now, right? Like you literally can create an Amazon store. So, so many businesses now have, have started on yeah. Amazon. I guess what's different about this is that if I'm a brand, I know that I can go to a buyer at Walmart or Target and get my product onto their shelves, but the store is still Walmart. They write a purchase order to me, right? Generally speaking. And certain yep. amount of my product ends up on their, sh- their shelves. It's their store and they sell it. They make a markup and they made a purchase for me. In this case, there's a bit of a nuance here because you're a store on the Amazon uh, platform. You're not a brand. You're, uh, you could be a retailer. Well, well there's a few ways. A few ways. Happen. So let's and cover Derek, those Derek ways. Derek could explain right. it right. more detail. But want, I, that's what we want it, to understand. Yeah. For the listeners, you know, there's, there's really three ways you can sell on Amazon. Um, three simple ways. One is the the very mom and pop, um, you know, I want to sell a book. And this is what people thought of at the very beginning of Amazon, right? I have a product I'm going to put on eBay. I'm going to put it on Amazon. I'm going to list it. And when someone buys it, I'm going to mail it to them, right? And and that was kind of the, the, the entry. Um, and then what happened on Amazon is they had uh, their platform, Vendor Central, where they would actually buy product from companies and they would sell it. And some of the horror stories or some of the things you'd hear about, oh, Amazon's crushing price and price is coming down. It was because you really lost control of the retail price, which is a small brand or a big brand. You want to control those retail prices. It was great for the consumer. Great for the consumer. But it really hurt the brands. The middle middle is called Fulfillment by Amazon, FBA, where you actually, as a brand, you own your product, you ship it to Amazon, they distribute it for you, but you control the price, um, you control the listing. And that's what we want to talk about because that's kind of the sweet spot for our listeners. And that's what Derek's doing, that's, right, Derek? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the vast majority, 95% of our okay. Amazon businesses. So when we come back, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to drill down into your business, how you're doing it, what you find works, what doesn't, what fits best, some maybe tricks of the trade, you know, helping our listeners out. No pressure. we got to get some real value <laughs> out of here. You're on Startup Nation Radio after all, Derek. Oh, come boy. on. All right. We're going to run to a break. Back with more. We've got Matt Damon, Derek Gaskins on Startup Nation Radio. We're talking to Amazon on this edition of the show. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back. Startup Nation Radio. Talking about Amazon today. Matt Damon, co-hosting. Always great to have you on. Great Matt. to be here, John. Yeah, yeah. And uh, got an interesting guest, uh, Derek Gaskins, who's, you know, uh, making a living and then some on Amazon. Yeah, they're doing great. I mean, it's a neat story. And we're going to hear more from Derek here in a minute about the challenges of of getting on Amazon and and now what people are seeing out in the market in terms of, you know, how to make money on Amazon and can anybody do What's really working. Right. And, you know, so Jeff, in the last time we were talking about the different ways to sell on Amazon and and we left off with what's called a fulfillment by Amazon. Just real quick for our listeners on that. That is the, the platform that allows you to control your inventory control your retail prices. It's really probably the best path for anybody thinking about selling on Amazon. What we want to talk about now with Derek. Let me ask a quick question about it. Do I keep my own inventory and ship my own, fulfill myself under that 
FBA. No, you program. send it. You that that send I send to, to Amazon. Amazon. Okay, so but that's still fulfilled. But, yep. but I own it. Yep. And then as it ships. So how do I control it? it if I own it? I'm just controlling how much I ship to them, and then therefore that's the inventory that you they're allowed to you, sell. Exactly. Yeah. You control what you ship to them, and then based yeah. on demand, you can ship more and more. Got it. But you control, let's call it the the site in terms of the product specs, the price, which yeah. is really the biggest thing. Right. Uh, product images, all of that. And Matt and Derek, do I, um, you know, uh, do, do I, well, I was just going to ask price. I mean, how much control in that example, I control you type all it of in. it. So I can throttle yep. up, throttle down. I increase price because I'm selling too many too fast. Right. I right. mean, I guess I could. Which is huge because you yeah. mentioned, you know, uh, like a, not to get off topic here, but you mentioned a Walmart or you go yes. to a buyer at Bass right. Pro Shop. The buyers now, the first place they go to check on the, the product you're showing them, they yep. go to Amazon. Right. Well, what's it selling right, for right, on Amazon? Right, I'm right, not going right. to put it on my shelf right. at can't win 19.99 if it's yeah. at 14.99 exactly. on Amazon. So, exactly. Okay. So what we hear about all the time, Jeff, we hear you know how to make a million dollars on Amazon. You say, oh hey, anybody can do it. Isn't that what we're talking about today? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the goal is to make a million dollars now, many millions, right? But you got to get started somewhere. And and Derek's had experience. You know, Derek, we were just talking what you see. You know, people hear stories about how how do I get started on Amazon, right? And I think there's been a lot that's changed over the years in terms of how efficient the market's gotten, manufacturing. But you know, what have you seen in terms of those changes and and what people might hear about? Hey, I can start by selling, you know, XYZ on Amazon. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it obviously, it, it used to be much easier, right? There, there weren't as many people doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden there were all of these, how to make a million dollars on Amazon courses mm-hmm. popping up everywhere. And people were jumping all over that. And, and really the context of that course is go on Alibaba, find a product, Right. Buy it from, you know, right. support it from China, right. put Buy it on Amazon, sell, right. sell it for X. Right. And, right. and the next thing you know, there's 1,000 variations of the same exact garlic press sitting on Amazon, right? So that whole model, while it worked, is kind of a thing of the past, to be honest. That That is is done, right? right? So at this point in time, it's it's if you're not approaching the Amazon market with some sort of dif- differentiation, whether that's a really strong brand and marketing message or really, ideally, a very unique product, you're going to struggle in that market. Right. You know, so you're talking, you know, with walkie chalk and, you know, Derek and I are business partners now on walkie chalk. They distribute walkie chalk for me. We have a licensing agreement. I mean, that's a patented product. There's nothing else like it. Are the sales millions? No, but, but it's a good solid item because it's different. Right. And it's protected, right? You've got the patent there and that's the beauty of it, right? It's not another garlic press. There's only one walkie chalk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Going back to my Walmart example, I go to the buyer and I have to, in effect, get approved. I got to get a purchase order from Walmart. They have to believe in the product. Is the same true at Amazon or can I just open my store? I got a good, you know, whatever. I pass the basic tests, whatever they may be. I meet the criteria, the threshold. And then can I just sell whatever I want? Yeah, it is. It's fairly simple, right? You fill out the application, you sign up, you put a credit card in, you get access to the platform. If you want to pay $39.99 a month, you get the gold platinum version of the platform, right? Where you're going to find restrictions if you're trying to resell product that already exists, you're going to face challenges there because Amazon may have those particular listings gated, meaning they're blocked and you right. literally can't mm. even put your product against well, you're gonna, that listing, You're going right? to be forced to put in the UPC code. We're, exactly. And, you know, our other guests talking about GS1 and you barcodes, UPCs. We're we'll get to talk that in a minute. That. Yeah. So, yeah. So Derek, so you had a product, let's say you had two products, one you invented and it's, you know, sitting in a white box and another is a product you bought from somebody else and you just want to sell it on Amazon and you go to set that item up. What happens? It depends, right? It depends on what the brand has done on the other side of the equation. There are steps that those brands can take to protect themselves against sellers that they don't want selling the product, right? So if they've taken some of those steps, you'll get an error message more or less 
within the back end of the platform that says you're not allowed to list this. That listing is gated, right? And some brands have not done that, but the majority of the brands we all know have taken that step to protect their brands. Because so. back in the day that happened, right? You, somebody could go to a, a dollar bin store and buy a bunch of stuff and say, I'm just going to go sell it online. And Absolutely. Flip, and it ran rampant. I mean, it got as bad as like Birkenstock, for example. They literally one day said, we are not permitting any sales on Amazon, period. Like they locked down the entire channel because there was so much of that, call it retail arbitrage and or literally counterfeit product that was coming mm. straight from China and getting thrown onto the Amazon marketplace. Yeah. And you're, you're doing something else interesting, too, that I think is worth mentioning. Matt, you told me about it. Are you buying up brands that you can then, through your fulfillment center, if you will, for your fulfillment business, then you're shipping to Amazon? You have the skill, the know-how, the marketplace. You already have the account open at Amazon and so on. And you know how to do it. If local people have something to sell and they don't want to do it directly, are you a guy they can go to or should go to? Well, yeah, we have we have a couple different versions of that, right? On, on Retail Bloom is a digital marketing agency that we set up where we are helping brands on the Amazon marketplace and, and even as far as helping them with the logistics, with creating content, with advertising, with with whatever the necessary pieces are. Is that pl- like, you know, you're, you're advising them, but they're still executing? Or when you say helping them, are you actually doing it for them? It's full serve. Full yeah. serve. Oh, okay. yeah. We'll grab the full reins and, and help them see it all the way through. Uh, on the flip side of that, in, in our primary business, the e-commerce side, which is Oliva Stores, that business, I, I ha- we have done that. We've gone out and we've acquired some of these smaller brands that have literally launched and, and, and thrived in the Amazon marketplace. And we saw that as an opportunity of, like, well, we've got processes in place. We've got a warehouse. We've got we've literally kind of figured out this whole model. So it becomes a plug and play opportunity for us. And there's a lot of people realizing that. So as far as these listeners are concerned, like if you do get a brand up and running and you are seeing success there, that's the opportunity there is there's companies like us and even larger companies out there that are acquiring these brands now for really healthy multiples. That's really interesting. You know, as an inventor, you know, there's a difference between a product and a a business, right? Right. So you can create a product and it's a lot of fun, a lot of work. It's all these listeners, everybody's talking about, hey, how do I take my idea and create a product? You do that and you get it to the market. You're having fun. Everybody's talking about you and your friends are all excited. And then it's like, is this a business or is this a product? This is a one-off product. And if it's a brand and it's selling, but you're you're not the guy who's going to build it into a, a large business, but it's going well on Amazon. Like Derek said, there's groups now that are able to aggregate those brands. Yeah. Right. And they provide the back end. So, you know, all your accounting and your finance and all that stuff that's not fun. Right. For everybody, they take care of it. And then the fun part is selling more of that product because they have the platform and the know-how. When you look for additional products to add to what you're selling on Amazon, are you looking for things that are kind of common and related and, you know, they kitchen products or healthcare products or toys, or is it just kind of like, you know, eBay used to be, it's, it's kind of the little of this, little of that, little of that, doesn't matter. No, it has to be specific. It has to be differentiated. I figure we're not interested in adding another garlic press to our portfolio. However, you know, like meeting Matt and being exposed to walkie chalk. Well, wow, that's a great product. It's got a patent. It's unique. There's nothing else like it. Yeah, that's that's where the true value is. The value is not in, in you know, sorry to use the garlic press example. Yeah, again. no, it's, it's not yeah, a garage the value sale. Is not there. It's not a garage sale. Like but, but Alita yeah, stores, yeah, yeah. you've been the business evolved out of the medical supply. So the core, Correct. the core of what you've built came out of you know, in the medical supply. Absolutely. And, and, and so you know that space. Yeah. And I'm thankful that that's where it came from, right? Because that is a very unique industry, right? Yeah. And primarily our, our main product there is medical compression hosiery, which is kind of one of those categories no one would ever even think of. <laughs> right. That I just was lucky enough to fall into, right? And, 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 and additionally, it's domestically produced, which makes it even better, right? So all the supply chain issues and everything that people are battling right now, we're fortunate enough to have dodged that. Yeah. 
what kinds of things are you looking for? Like, give us some specific product examples. So, I mean, for us in, in particular right now, we're focused on, again, because we come from the medical background, anything yep. health and wellness related, okay. yep. we really like that, right? And then in terms of specifics, we like lightweight because it's easier to move. Okay, that um, makes sense. So sub five pounds is uh -huh. really a good target. And then as far as retail price itself, we want to see anything that's more than $15. Generally, we don't like dipping far below that. Amazon, you know, Jeff Bezos is famous for saying, you know, your margin is my opportunity. <laughs> um, so th there's a lot of fees <laughs> right. that come into play when you sell on Amazon. So if, you, if you're selling a product less than $15, that margin gets eroded so yeah. quickly that right. you're left with nothing but right. scraps. The fixed costs, just, yeah. You're not going to feed your while. family. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well, when we come back after this break, let's continue uh, talking with Derek Gaskins about things that work, that don't work, and maybe even some inside tips and tricks if I'm going uh, to open my own store. Yeah. Matt, on Amazon, I want to know how to do it. Derek, he's got the secret sauce. He's he going to give us right after this break, so make sure you stay tuned. Get pens and paper out. We're going to hear from Derek Gaskins and his How to Make a Million on Amazon right after this break. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. Matt Damon, talking to Amazon. Easy money, right? <laughs> I wish. Get onto Amazon and make a million. Yeah, no, that's right. It's not so easy, and it's even tougher today. Derek Gaskins, you made that point earlier. You're doing business on Amazon, doing it very successfully. It's not easy. We said we would provide some tips and tricks, but really the thing is this. In order to be successful on Amazon, you got to do a lot of work outside of Amazon in order to drive the business, right? Yeah. I mean, literally, what does Amazon become for all of us? It's a place to jump on a quick app, get what you want, get it on your doorstep the next day. So as a brand, and when you're launching, like you have to have that in place, right? You have to have your inventory in Amazon's warehouse with FBA, like Matt talked about earlier. It needs to be there, ready to go, so the consumer can pull the app out and buy your product. It's a logistics provider at the end of the day. Now they're definitely heavily into the ad space. So, yeah, you got to have advertising in place. But really the more effective way to launch a brand at this point is to have your products properly positioned on Amazon, but to push hard on the social media side of things. You know, launch a site on Shopify. Shopify is a great platform, mm. relatively inexpensive. Anybody can do it. It runs on a WYSIWYG platform. Just right. click and drag right. and you can build yeah. a beautiful e-commerce website. All templatized, website. yeah. And Shopify is doing a great job supporting that micro brand, small brand community as well with some of the initiatives they're, they're well, making. Well, some say if anybody can knock off Amazon, it's Shopify. I mean, they're, they're also competitors. How do the two marry up? What do I do on Shopify and what do I expect? And what do I do on Amazon and what do I expect? I mean, how do I look well, at those two yeah, things? Yeah, Shopify is your website. Right, so that's Shopify's your brand, and you, right, can, okay. you, you know, you're going to want to have consistency in your brand, obviously, between the store on Amazon that you're running and then your website. But I think to Derek's point, nothing's easy, right? So you, if you're going to build a brand, you've got to have multiple pillars. Like he said, you've got to have your product accessible to the consumer who sees it and wants it. It needs to be quick and easy to get, yep. but you need to be building the brand, and that comes from your website, social media, marketing, whatever else you're going to do. Right. And you're, you're seeing it, Derek, because Chinese factory can post a product on Amazon. So they'll figure it out. It all starts with the brand. Build a solid brand guide and get out there. Make sure you choose a name, a brand name that you can trademark. Oh, and by the way, make sure you can register the dot com as well. So you need to take some of these steps ahead of time. I've seen too many people go down that path where they come up with a goofy brand name. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they realize they're infringing on somebody's mark. Yeah. Make the if right I, steps. If I'm driving to a sale on a social media ad or even a social media post, whatever it may be, is it better for me to drive to a Shopify sale or an Amazon sale, all things being equal? Well, I mean, your, your baseline fee on Amazon is, rel is approximately 15% plus you pay to fulfill the product, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's cheaper to sell on Shopify's platform than it is Amazon's Except, platform. let me make sure I've got this right, except if I sell on Shopify, I'm doing the fulfillment. 
you're doing the fulfillment, although you can tie that fulfillment back to Amazon, and Amazon really? will fulfill the yeah, product on your behalf. They call it multi-channel fulfillment. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's actually pretty slick. Because that, to me, was the disadvantage of selling on Shopify. I'd pay the 15% if I don't have to handle the right. product you know, and deal with all that. But right. I can still do that with a Shopify sale. In theory, sale. your margin should be a whole lot better, too, yeah. on your own site. On your own site, but, that's right. But you have fulfillment costs. Amazon's bringing the audience, though, at the end of the day, right? Well, We're that's talking true hundreds too. of millions of people just coming to that app every day, almost addictively. And you have to assume there's certain people are going to hit both. Over the years, our businesses, we know we've always lost folks on our website because they find something they like, and then they, oh, is it on Amazon? Well, prime shipping, boom, done. Because it's in the basket with their 20 other things they're ordering. Yeah, I right. think there's an evolution taking place, though, too. The last thing there is, it's just like, I, and maybe it's because I'm in this world. I've really enjoyed shopping from what I'm now calling momandpop.coms, these Shopify websites. Because you know who you're supporting, and they're more humanized than the what other Amazon thing is, is, as opposed to a few years ago, it's more consistent. You know, you it used is. to have this kind of wild west of websites, and you go to check out, and I was like, I don't even know, did it work? Now things are consistent. It's well run. You know, when you sh- you're getting updates, it's it is. I mean, so, Shopify is doing a really great job of aggregating all that, and a yeah. nice experience for everybody. Really cool. Can't thank you enough for being on with no, us. Thank you. Really great. You know, we should do this regularly. We should have a regular Amazon roundtable. There we go. Like I said, we can't talk about business without it. Certainly, <laughs> you can't talk about retail without talking about Amazon, right? No. We, Look into yeah. your. Uh, we'll take another minute. Look into your crystal balls, each of them. I'm curious. What do you see for Amazon five years down the road? Where are we? Where are they? I personally think that they're peaking. I think the reality of the pandemic is it brought. You're saying lot. they're peaking now. I th- I think they're close. Yeah, I really do. I don't think there's a whole lot more they can do, right? And maybe it's me just holding on to this dream of really the consumer supporting mom and pops again, but I don't think it's too far from reality. I'm really curious to see what Shopify does supporting those smaller retailers and those smaller brands. If Amazon's yeah. going to continue to grow, it's outside of the product side, right? That's it's all exa- the that's other ancillary things. Go. It's, their, it's their web services. Yeah. You know, you see AWS. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even know anywhere. what that is. You, mm-hmm. you turn on a sporting event, you see AWS. Right. Well, what is that? Amazon right. Web Services. Like, it's the back cloud stuff, the cloud yeah. that they are just yeah. massive. So I think the 60% point, of what you look on a, on your phone every day, right? Yeah. It's either Amazon or Google. The logistics platforms there, people are going to continue to catch up to them. Where they have the advantage is the shipping and the ability to ship almost same day. If you're not using a platform like them to ship as a little guy on a Shopify, at our business at Commando Lock, we get questions like, why did it take two days for my product to get to me? Yeah. Like expectations are so high. So interesting. that's not going to change. Let's do this regularly. But in the meantime, Derek, if people want to bring a product your way for consideration, how do they reach you? Take a look at our website. It's Oliva Stores, olivastores.com. And then on the agency side, it's Retail Bloom. It's retailbloom.com. Of course, it's okay. a .com. Oliva, A-L-E-V-A. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah A-L-E-V-A. Yeah. You got okay, it. Okay, great. Thanks so much for sharing your story, your wisdom, your guidance. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. Thanks for having me. We'll have you fun. on again. Lots of fun. So, Matt, one of the first things you need to do to have a product on Amazon, it's a fundamental requirement. you got to have a, like a barcode, a UPC code, right? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about it. We're going to have a guest on momentarily to tell us about how to make that happen. Yeah. So that's tee f- it up. You've done it. Sure. You know, somebody, you're making something, you're selling it out of your garage, and you're selling it, you know, local craft shows or to your neighbors and friends and family, whatever that is, it's, you know, skin cream or lemonade, it doesn't matter. Right. But the minute you start going online, the world changes. And it's changed and become much more formal over the last several years. And one of the big key pieces is your UPC code, the barcode you see on every product in every store. You've seen them forever. Sometimes you don't notice them, but you need to get that right. And what we're going to talk about today is if you don't get it right, it can be a big problem. So that UPC code is driven by a group, which we're going to talk about called GS1. Yep. And uh, we've got a lot of good information on that. Really cool. Well, let's get right to it. We've got Michelle Covey on from GS1. Michelle. Hi. Hey, it's good to have you on. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. 
All right. So first, tell us about JS1, what you guys do, and then maybe, you know, how and why a UPC code is just part of the blocking and tackling of doing business online today. Sure. So um, GS1, we are actually a, a global standards organization, and most people know us for the birth of the barcode. Actually, we celebrated the barcode's birthday. It's 50 years old mm. this year. Those little lines that you see on your package that go beep at the retail counter turned 50 this year. But um, there's so much more behind that barcode. Um, the number that's encoded into that, that's called your global trade item number, G10, is referred to. Um, Amazon refers to it as a G10 or also called a UPC. But that number is really important for product identification and for starting a listing process on Amazon. So that one little number is very powerful to get started in uniquely identifying your product. And we're here to help. Tell me, guys, is the barcode, does it identify down to the unit specific, you know, unit of the class of product? Yep, absolutely. It does, and, right. And we'll let Michelle talk mm-hmm. about yeah. it, but when you register, we'll right. get into that. But Michelle, what are the key elements when you register that you have to list for your product? There's important things to know when you um, uniquely identify your item with that barcode. It should be tied to an individual specific product. So if you have a product that has variations like different colors or different sizes, each one will need its own barcode. So you want to have a very unique identifier for each color of t-shirt or color of backpack or different size of water coolers you're selling, whatever your product is. And that one unique identifier will help you know what you're selling to the consumer. So if the consumer wants a single item or if they want a multi-pack of an item, each one will have a different identifier. And that way the consumer will get exactly what they're wanting based on that one identifier or that UPC code. And you can see why this is critical. I mean, from inventory management to restocking, to returns, to every everything that goes on, delivering the product that someone orders, making sure that's the right product, the right color, right? All those kinds of things are critical. That's how these numbers are used in the journey of a product from landing in the warehouse in inventory to making it out the back door on the truck to the customer, right? Exactly. It allows you to, to track your product and make sure the consumer gets the right product. I actually have a funny story. Actually, it's probably not funny for the seller, but on Amazon, I went to go buy two cans of my favorite espresso and instead I got two cases. Ah. So they obviously marked the wrong product. So I had a lot of coffee. I was stocked up for the year, but um, that (laughs) poor seller, you know, ended up marking their product incorrectly. And I ended up getting way more than I had actually purchased. So that's an expensive mistake in the warehouse. Yes, that is an expensive mistake. Some inventory guy somewhere pulling his hair out. Someone heard about that one, right? (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Listen, I think we're now beginning to understand how and why this is centrally important to doing business Mm -hmm. online and all that goes with that. So we're going to run to a break. When we come back, let's talk about the steps we need to take specifically to make sure you're doing everything right, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, getting yourself in position to have great success online. We'll do all that in this next segment of Startup Nation Radio right after this break. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We've got Matt Damon on with us today. And Matt, <laughs> hey, we're talking about you know how you put a UPC code. That's that barcode that we all know so well. It's the thing that makes the little ding at the register when they check it out. And the, right. the whole thing is a consumer. That's what that is. And, and so every product's got to have that's right. And and so, what's the process? We've got Michelle Covey on from GS1. Michelle, Matt, I'll hand it to you, Matt. You've done this before. Yeah. So it's great to hear from Michelle on, uh, I mean, a real expert, you know, with GS1. 
we get questions and, and the listeners are probably wondering, okay, so what do you do, right? I've got this product, I've developed it. Maybe I have an investor or two, we're ready to go to market, or maybe we're in the market locally and now we're ready to get to that next level, yeah. go to Amazon. People ask about retail. I mean, right. You can't even talk to a retailer. The first thing is, hey, you got a UPC, right? So what do you actually do? I'll give you my point of view and then Michelle, you chime in. Cause I, you know, I went through sure. this, I've done this now with uh, multiple companies that I've, I've either owned or worked for. You literally go to GS1 and you register, it takes you through the process. The website's pretty easy to use. You register your business, you pay, and it's actually not very expensive and you can buy a group of UPC codes. And there's kind of a leading indicator tied to your company, the first seven or eight digits maybe. And I think you can buy uh, it's longer, variable, le yeah. variable it's variable length. length. Based yep. on um, how many you buy. That's right. So if you need 10, and if you think you need 10, you're probably going to need more later and you're going to end up, you know, buy more than you need. They're not expensive, but you essentially register, you get those UPC numbers or the G10 numbers, and then you have the choice with them. You can either pay for the actual barcode art file. A lot of systems, you can do those art files anywhere. And then they need to go on your package. It goes on the package. And you know, so who's ever printing your packaging? Well, to, yeah. And then I mean, this gets into, you know, depending who your listeners are right now, Jeff, I mean, you can either have them printed on the package. We've done things where we may have one package, like for walkie chalk. And as Michelle said, each color has its own barcode. Well, I don't mm. know how many of each color I'm going to sell. So we print barcode stickers. And then as each pink sells, they get labeled with the pink barcode right. and each green cell. So there's a few ways to do it, but it essentially, you need to get that barcode on your package. if you want to sell it, mm -hmm. Michelle, your company is the one that generates the code and makes it available to the person who wants to sell whatever product it happens to be. Yeah, correct. So as Matt said, um, uh, you come to our site, we're actually GS1 US org, And the site actually helps you walk through the capacity you need. So like what Matt said, you think you might have five products and you'll get a 10 pack. We always say, think about how your business is going to grow. You may want to add more products or more colors or more variations over time. So think as how your business may grow or how your product line may grow. And maybe you get the next level up just so you're prepared. So you don't have to keep coming back for additional barcodes, but we have different options based on how many products you have. We have a single GTIN. So if you want to come to us and just have, need one barcode or one or two, fairly uh, easy to get. And you could get just one or two. We have packs of 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, up to 100,000. So those large apparel brands will come to us for those larger quantities. But once you walk through uh, our website, it's, a, a, you know, most of us are used to a common e-commerce transaction. You select what you want, put it in your basket, and um, you are presented your bundle of GTINs or UPCs, and you could then start using those to label your product and you have your identifiers you could assign to your product and start listing on Amazon or using for any of your other trading partners. Yeah. If somebody's listening to this and you buy a hundred, you buy a thousand, right? And you maybe only have 40 or 50 SKUs, or maybe you even have a hundred, right? If you have a hundred, you've probably, you're down this path. You buy them in draft status and then they mm -hmm. get turned to active or you turn them on, right? So when you buy them all, you can plug in all your information and stuff and it's all, it's in draft status. Turn them on a before they go out in the market, right? But don't turn them all on until you're selling those products. And the reason I say that, if this may, if that makes sense, I had a business partner who bought a bunch of UPCs and then turned them all on the active and half the SKUs didn't exist yet. They were all products being mm. developed. So you, you kind of mm -hmm. pay attention, you know, you, and, and turn the UPCs on as you're releasing those products into the market. Interesting. 
It's a really good point, Matt, because once it's in market, the standard is to not reuse them. Right. So once it's assigned to a product, uh, it's assigned to that product for eternity. So uh, you want to make sure you you do have an active product. Yeah. So Michelle, let's let's jump around a little bit. Let's talk about on Amazon. Um, you know the the expectations on Amazon from consumers has changed. We've seen mm -hmm. products coming in internationally. We we know about some of the knockoff challenges. What would you tell somebody? I mean, there's protection in having this GS1 number that you are the owner of the product, you have your UPC code, and I know Amazon's been doing a lot to try and maintain authenticity and, right. and prevent knockoffs. Knockoffs. How are you guys yep. working with them on that? So that's a great question, and, and you are right. Amazon has definitely gotten um, more rigid, I guess, with some of their listing requirements, and it's really to help protect brand owners, um, to help protect consumers so that they are getting um, authentic product, not counterfeit, uh, safe products. So Amazon has actually been bold enough to say all products or most products need um, to have that UPC assigned to the product and they will validate that against the GS1 database. So what they're doing is really ensuring that that brand owner, when they go to list, is really the brand owner associated to that product. So it helps to try to reduce counterfeit there are some bad actors out there that like to steal um, sellers' listings, maybe because the the ratings or reviews, um, you know, they they want that that information instead of starting a listing um, on their own. Um, and so, using that kind of that database to cross check that that seller is that seller, so it's associated to their company name, and that that UPC does belong to that seller, is one way that Amazon's doing to um, protect those brands and ultimately the consumer, so that the consumer gets the right product. Yeah, that's critical. Michelle, I'm curious. We know that during the pandemic, a lot of the action in consumer purchasing went online. We also know mm -hmm. that now things are, you know, the pandemic is beginning to be in our rearview mirrors, and we're moving back to some level of new normalcy with, you know, a blend now of online shopping as well as, uh, you know, a brick and mortar. But mm -hmm. a lot of prognosticators and a lot of those studying all of this indicate that the online shopping is here to stay, you know, so that not all of it's going to come back to the brick and mortar that they've now got market share that they're never going to let go of again. And it's going to continue to grow as has been accelerated by the by the pandemic. So what, how is your business? What are you guys seeing? Are you seeing that right now? Is, you, is the pace still frothy with respect to action going online? Oh, most definitely. I'd say, especially in the last year, probably due to the pandemic and a lot of um, people being at home, they are now having that opportunity. Oh, I have this great idea. I want to launch this product. They have more time. And so we have seen um, a lot of new small businesses, I'd say even into the small micro businesses, come and get those one or two UPCs to launch their products. Definitely a large growth in that space. Um, we've seen, you know, even hand sanitizers, uh, face masks, right. toys and games, cleaning supplies come sure. through. So a lot of people have taken this opportunity to, to launch businesses to help support the pandemic. But, you know, as you said, I think digital commerce is here to stay. Um, there will still be a mix of both online and brick and mortar. Yep. But um, it, it, I don't think it's going away. And based on the, you know, seeing all these new small businesses come to get their UPCs, um, it's just proving that more and more of those small businesses are, are trying to get their foot started in launching their own products. Sure. And just to make this clear, I mean, if you're out there listening, we've talked a lot about Amazon and everything else, but even if I'm just going to have a, a, you know, my own online site, I'm going to sell from my own e-commerce site, I have to have this code, right? 
You should. Yeah. You well, should. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important. The one way um, that UPC code is kind of the key that when you help with uh, or do any online searching, it ties it all together. Mm -hmm. So even Google um, has made announcements that they use that that UPC code to aggregate data. So if you're looking for, you know, a specific uh, Nike shoe, that UPC will come and pull in all of the data from various listing uh, sellers across all selling platforms. And it's keyed off of that UPC. Mm -hmm. It's your identifier. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it does it. help with that search um, experience. So from yeah. day one, you should have this yeah. on your product as you begin to sell in yep. the market. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Michelle, we can't thank you enough for giving us guidance on all of this. Michelle Covey from GS1. Thank you so much. Again, give the website, Michelle. It is www.gs1us.org. All right. Right on. Thank you. We appreciate the guidance and uh, the information. And we'll check back with you again from time to time. Sounds Make great. sure we keep this out in front of the public eye for our Startup Nation audience. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Glad to be here. Thanks. All right. Join us again next week for another great Startup Nation radio show. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.